0: The following message is from Temple Bible Church. For more information about the church and its ministries, visit www.templebiblechurch.org. Dads, if you uh, didn't receive a book when you walked in, uh, do yourself a favor in the hallway. Gratis us, in honor of you on Father's Day, is a little book called The Dad in the Mirror. So go ahead and pick one up and uh, it will be an encouragement to you. Many of you are great dads honoring the Savior with your lives. Let's pray. Father, as we uh, look at the word this morning, and as we think through what it means to be a brave dad, I I pray that you would teach us, and as we laugh and shed tears together, that indeed Christ would be honored. We pray in his name. Amen. Most men are brave. Uh, We would be willing to take a bullet for our family. We would fight off wild animals for our family. We spend hours with our knees aching and backs breaking in a shopping mall. We are brave for... (laughs) Our family. However, there's one area that brings a lot of us men to our knees. An area where women are clearly superior and uh, where we recognize we have issues, and that is the area of diapers. Diapers. <laughs> One day shortly after the birth of their new baby, a mother uh, went out to do some errands. The proud young papa was staying at home to watch his baby boy for the first time. After about an hour, he began to scream uncontrollably. He couldn't stop the crying. As a new dad, he figured something was uh, fatally wrong with his son, so he took him next door where a pediatric nurse lived. Uh, he, she heard all about what the dad had done to try and calm down the little boy. So she looked in his ears, uh, felt it, listened to his chest, and then came down to the diaper area. When she undid the diaper on the little boy, the little baby, uh, she said, here's the problem. He needs to be changed. The new father was very perplexed. He said, I don't understand it. He said, on the diaper package, it said, good, up for 10 pounds. <laughs> wow. You ever, you, ever, you ever spell diaper backwards? Repaid is what it says backwards. (laughs) Repaid. Ladies, this is an area that you are clearly superior in, and uh, we say uh, uncle, and uh, you can have it. In fact, I showed this video about uh, six or seven years ago, and uh, it fits right in what we're talking about right here how superior you are to us in this area. Jim, go ahead and roll it. Ladies, you win, we give up. How's that? How to be a brave dad. How to be a brave dad. We're going to look at a little cross-stick that I've uh, put together in this area, and it begins with uh, being a dad who boldly honors God. A dad who boldly honors God. Let me uh, create the scenario for you. It's Joshua chapter 24. The nation of Israel has been conquering the promised land. All the ites lived there, Canaanites, uh, Jebusites, Ammonites, etc., etc., were living in the land. The nation of Israel is conquering the land. The general of the nation of Israel was Joshua. They come to the end of their tenure, the end of their battles, and there's still a few uh, people in the land that they haven't conquered, but it's time for them to inhabit the land. And so Joshua gathers together the nation of Israel for a farewell address. That's the scenario. So he gathers the nation together, and in his final address, Joshua says this, If you have no desire to worship the Lord, choose today whom you will worship, whether it be the gods whom you, your ancestors worship beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Ammonites in whose land you are living. But I and my family, we will worship the Lord. The New American Standard translated this, For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. It's For me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. And so a godly dad, a brave dad, is one who boldly, who boldly speaks of the Savior. A dad who boldly honors God with his life. If you take this stand, gentlemen, and draw a line in the sand as General Joshua did, and he said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord, my prayer is that you will become an example of what that means to your sons and daughters that you'll be an example as a a father, as a grandfather of what it means to boldly honor God with your life. You have to begin with small steps, small steps. For some of you, it, it may be as small as beginning to pray together as a family before you partake of a meal. For some of you, that would be a first step. Just to say, honey, we're going to start honoring God in our family and wherever we are, before we partake of a meal, we're going to thank God for that meal. It may be in your home, it may be in a restaurant, when you hold hands with your family and you thank God for his provision. That should be a minimum thing that we as gentlemen, we as men, we as fathers do with our kids. Minimum. For some of you, you've been doing things like that for years. You've been praying for your kids, over your kids. Yet you've been honoring God with your life. You are an example of godliness to them. But for some, we need to begin with some small steps. If you take this stand, that's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Take some steps. Take some steps so that your kids can follow you. I I remember as a kid, one of the things I appreciated about my mom's dad, my, my grandfather, my mom's side... Uh, was that he, he was a big old guy to me, he was the biggest man in the world He was about six foot two, six foot three, probably about two hundred and twenty pounds. He was a farmer and a woodsman and uh, the two things I remember about him first of all, uh, his father and his oldest brother were poisoned to death when he was only in the second grade. so he had to drop out of school, second grade education only and uh, had to go in the fields and work with his family in central Louisiana. But one of my memories is this man with a second-grade education. Oftentimes we'd get up in the morning, and there was my grandfather with a big old black floppy King James Bible, second-grade education, preparing to teach a Sunday school class out of the King James. I can't even read the King James Bible. (laughs) But yet he had taught himself, and he had grown in love with the Savior. The other thing I remember about him, he had a rule in his house. If you, if you ate at his table on Saturday night and slept at his house on Saturday night, then on Sunday morning you went to his church. No excuses, no ifs, ands, and buts, no we're going to discuss it in the morning, but that's what we do. That's what we do as a family, that's what we do in my house, and so everyone acquiesced, and even if they did know Christ or walk with Christ, they went to his church that morning. Yeah. You know, when I was thinking about that, I was thinking it's so easy to neglect the basics or forget the basics, We get so busy in our lives and our lifestyle and our businesses and our careers and all the things we're doing that we forget some of the basic things in life. We neglect teaching our children about eternal truths. We may teach them and instruct them about sports and hunting, money and makeup, history and science, but neglect teaching them about Jesus and eternal things. I admire many of you men. We've got men here who walk with Christ, model Christ, honor Christ, love the Savior, lead their families well. Uh, one of our men was telling me about his father-in-law and saying, you're not going to believe this, for over a year now, my father-in-law every week has written out a family devotional and emailed it to us every week. Can you imagine that? And, and, and as we see that, as we recognize that, we recognize the, the joy of leading our kids, the joy of leading our grandkids. Dads, pray with them, pray over them, talk to them about the Savior, let them see you in the Word, let them let them know that you honor the Savior with your life. You take the lead in finding a small group. You take the lead in bringing your family to church. You take the lead in praying with them. Lead by your example. I told you one time I overheard two TBC teens talking, and one said, I saw your dad at a high hop uh, having a Bible study with some other men. And the other teen responded, yep, that's the kind of stuff my dad does. Isn't that a great statement? Isn't that a great testimony? Yeah, that's what my dad does. He meets with other guys to talk about the Savior, to honor the Savior. Little eyes are watching you. I have done four funerals in the last 10 days, 10 or 12 days. Either TBCers or people related to TBCers, and it's been a privilege to do that and to honor that. And one of the things that I've often said is, guys, at a minimum, the thing you need to do, it's to tell your story to your kids. For some of you this afternoon, I'm going to challenge you. Go home, sit down with your kids, make sure they know your spiritual story. Make sure they know your spiritual heritage. It makes it so much easier on those families when they can sit with a guy like me who's preparing a message and, and they can say, let me tell you about my dad. Uh, yeah, he could hunt and he could fish and he earned a good living for us and he, he was always faithful to our mom, but let me tell you about my dad's spiritual life. Let me tell you about when my dad came to faith. Or let me tell you about the growth of my dad's life. Some of you dudes need to do that today because you haven't done it. And if you've been at TBC for any time, we've got a deal, don't we? What am I going to do? Show me. There you go. Just like that. I, I'm gonna, if you're new to TBC, you're in on this now. Okay, guys? Okay? If I don't know your story and I go to interview your wife and your kids, and you are lying in a box here, and they don't know your story, then eventually I'm going to come up to this casket, and I'm going to thump you in your dead head. I'm not kidding. I've done it. For some of you, you're not going to feel a thing. For some of you, you don't feel a thing if I did it today. So, I, you know. But, but here's the reality. I, I want to encourage a bunch of you. There are men in this body who walk with Jesus, honor Jesus, love Jesus. You take seriously your role as a dad. You take seriously your role as a grandparent. And your family is blessed because of you. Hey, you've got a dad like that here today. Or maybe you have the father of your children here today. And they take that seriously. It would be a great time to reach over, give them a hug, and thank God for them. Go ahead. You can do it right now. The father of your children or... Your dad. Go ahead. It means if you're a wife, you can do it. There you go. And so you honor the Savior with your life. You boldly, boldly honor God with your life. Little eyes are watching you. You remember the story of Mark Twain? Mark Twain was invited to tour Europe, and he uh, was able to visit in different countries with the heads of state, and uh, he brought his 11 year old daughter with him. And after visiting the head of state in Belgium, She looked at him and said, Daddy, you know every important person in the world except God. What a tragedy. What a tragedy. Versus an author I read this week at a leadership journal who said, Early one morning, my firstborn Abby came stumbling out of a room in in a pre-dawn stupor. She caught me at the kitchen table enjoying coffee and solitude. She said, Daddy, what are you doing? And I said, spending time with Jesus. I do this every morning, sweetheart, before you get up. I pulled her on my lap and I showed her my Bible and I showed her the journal that I record my thoughts in. In a moment, she went back to bed and I didn't think much about it. Several weeks later, I saw a light coming from under her door. Before she normally gets up, I knocked her on the door and said, sweetie, are you okay? And I looked and she was lying on her bed and I said, what are you doing? She had her Bible open, a pen in her hand, a piece of paper, spending time with Jesus, Daddy, just like you. You see, which example are you? The example of Mark Twain or the example of this faithful father who loved and modeled the Savior to the next generation? If you take this stand as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I pray that you will be an example to follow. A brave dad boldly honors God. A brave dad raves about his wife. One of the men before first hour looked over the outline and came to me and said, You're not going to say we rant about our wives, are you? We rave about our wife. Don't, ladies, don't you love it when you hear your husband bragging on you? I mean, I, I love it when I hear men saying, Gary, let me tell you about my wife. Let, let me tell you the kind of woman she is. Let me tell you about her walk with her. I love to do that about my wife. She's a godly woman who walks with Christ. My daughter, my daughter-in-law, godly women who walk with Christ. You rave about your wife. You rave about her. The scriptures say in Ephesians 5.25, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. You see, we are to love our wives unconditionally. That's what the word, the word is agape there. Husbands, unconditionally love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now Christ loved the church fully, wholeheartedly, even willing to sacrifice his life for her. And so we, as husbands, have the great privilege to, to, to love our wives in that way. Be a man who raves about your wife. And you say, Gary, come on. Come on. No, really. Rave about your wife before your kids and to your kids. Say, tell, them what, tell them what a great woman she is. Talk about your wife. Say, Gary, what does it have to do with Father's Day? Everything. Everything. One of the greatest things you can do for your kids is to love your wife. Howard Hendricks taught the family at Dallas Seminary. I had him in that course, and he must have said 10 times in the course of that semester. Men, one of the greatest things you can do for your kids is to love your wife. Because when you do that, you build security in your home and you build security in your kids. When they know that you are a man who loves your wife, there's security built in that generation. Now, I'm going to throw a fastball right down the middle for every man in here. You ready, guys? Guys, get your attention? How many of you guys married above your head? Raise your hand. Got it? Every dude, raise your hand. I mean, quickly. If you're married, don't think about it. Just raise your hand, okay? Don't even think twice. Hold it high. There you go. I mean, really, what a privilege we have. What a privilege we have to impact the next generation by loving the wife God's given us. Rave about it to your kids. I mean, I'm blessed. It's easy for me to rave about my wife. I mean, she, she can do so many things. She walks with God, honors God. You walk in our house, it's amazing to look at and see. And I, I, I mean, just she's a woman filled with character. You protect the queen. You don't let your kids talk back to the queen. You don't honk your horn at the queen. I got that. When TBC was much smaller, we had one building, was a building right behind us, and we just had a parking strip out here, kind of where we are right now. And I'll never, we used to go up Bev and I would go out to the front door and we'd shake hands with everybody walking out. And I can remember watching this guy in the parking lot. His wife was talking to somebody in this little porch we he had up here. Bomp, bomp, bomp. Bom. I mean, come on, it's time to go. You don't honk at the queen. Not smart. Not smart. I I, I love to hear men bragging about their wives. Men, if you want to encourage your wife, speak words of encouragement to your kids and to others about her. And ladies, same thing for you. Some of you have men who feel like they can never do enough for you. Whatever they do, it's never enough. And so they never hear words of encouragement or compliments All they hear is what they haven't had provided and what they don't have. And so, man, speak. you have a man that would run through a wall if he got a word of encouragement from you. He would run through a wall. And so I pray that you will speak words of encouragement into the life of your husband. When you love your wife, gentlemen, you build security in your home. I've used this illustration from Dennis Rainey probably 10 times over the years. comes out of his book, Staying Close. He said an 11-year-old boy was asked to write an essay on what he liked best about his house. He wrote this, My mother keeps a cookie drawer in the kitchen, and we can help ourselves, except we can't if it's too close to dinner time. Only my dad can help himself anytime. When he comes home from the office, he helps himself no matter if it's just before we sit down to eat. When he comes in, he always slaps my mother on the behind. I'm not saying that's what you need to do. He slaps my mother in behind me, he brags about how great she is and what a good cook she is. Then he turns around and gives her a big hug and a kiss. Yuck. The way they do it, though, you think they just got married or something. It makes me feel real good on the inside. That's what I like best about my house. Do you hear the security built into the life of that boy? Because of the way his father loves his mother. Guys, one of the greatest things you can do for the next generation is to love the wife God has given you. It builds a secure home. Plus, how you treat your spouse will be replicated through your children. If you respect your wife by serving her, they're watching that. If you open the car door for her, they're watching that. And the little girl will expect it one day. Your daughter will expect it one day. Remember what I said about a car door being opened by a man? Yeah, typically it happens when one is new, either the car or the wife. <laughs> Gentlemen, when you address her with gentleness, they're watching. When you date her, they're watching. And that little boy is learning that one day he's going to date a wife. Jackson and I, we right this summer we're rotating our grandkids one at a time, take, taking them for several days and spending time with them and Yesterday, I had Jackson for the day, and we hung out. Jack and I, uh, we, we went to uh, Shipley's first and got donuts, and then we went to McDonald's for lunch. We had cotton candy at a fair in between. We had a great time together. But, you know, they're watching. And I said, Jack, you know, your daddy, Bill, is a great, a great father to those kids, and, and uh, your dad takes your mom out on dates. You know why, Jack? Because he loves her. And because he cares for her. And one day, you're going to get married. And he went, oh, no. (laughs) But one day, you're going to take your wife on dates. Because Papa Doe takes Honey out on dates. And because your dad takes your mom out on dates. And one day, you're going to do that as well. Those little eyes are watching you. They're watching you. They're learning from you. A brave man raves about his wife. Watch this man who, I got the wrong one there, he raves about his wife, he loves his wife. Here's an example of the film that was about to pop up as an example of a man who loved his wife. Somebody sent me this video this week. It's a true story from Little Rock, Arkansas. I can only imagine the security that was built into this family. Watch this.
1: Remembering 60 years back is hard for anyone, but for Melvin Amrine, the groom in these pictures, it's especially challenging. Did I invite you to marry me or did you... Ask me. No, no, you asked me to marry you. Oh, well, is that right? Melvin was diagnosed with Alzheimer's three years ago. Some of that is kind of lost. For his wife, Doris, it's been hard to watch. But she says something happened recently to remind her that the man she fell in love with is still in there. It's special because even though the mind doesn't remember everything, the heart remembers Okay. It happened the day before Mother's Day when Melvin, who normally needs help just walking around the block, turned up missing.
0: See a white male by the name of Melvin Amrine.
1: Police dispatch here in Little Rock, Arkansas, put out the call.
0: He left the house walking approximately 40 minutes ago.
1: They eventually found him two miles from his house. Police say they get these calls every once in a while of an Alzheimer's patient out wandering aimlessly. But this one was different. When the officers approached Melvin, they say it was clear, he was a man on a mission.
0: It was absolutely a moment of
1: clarity for him. Sergeant Ryan Grigsby and Officer Troy Dillard say even though Melvin didn't know his address or where he'd come from, he absolutely knew where he was going. I mean, he, he was pretty adamant. He wasn't going home until he got those flowers. Flowers? That's what he wanted. He wanted flowers for his wife because uh, tomorrow was Mother's Day. Melvin had bought flowers for his wife every Mother's Day since the birth of their first child. And he wasn't going to disappoint her now.
0: We had to get those flowers. We had to get them. <laughs> I didn't have a choice.
1: So after telling dispatch, they were taking the man right home. And there's the, the officers secretly stopped by the grocery store. Surveillance video shows them helping Melvin pick out the flowers. And when Melvin came up short at the register, look who slipped the cashier the difference. Meanwhile, back at home, a very worried wife was about to get the gift of a lifetime. As he came up those steps, and I saw those roses, and the smile on his face, I mean, I just broke inside. I just said, thank you, thank you, because I saw his heart. Amazing what's possible when love becomes an instinct.
0: That's a man who loved his wife, amen? I mean, you look at that story and listen to that story and you're thinking, that's the way I want to get old. That's the way I want to be loving my wife when we come to the end of the road. Husbands, love your wives because it builds great security in the next generation. Be a dad who boldly honors God, who raves about his wife, who affirms his children. In First Thessalonians, Paul is writing about discipleship, and he uses an illustration that he feels would fit it. He talks about a father loving his children. He says, as you know, we treated each one of you as a father treats his own child. How does a father treat his child? He exhorts, encourages, and insists that you live in a way worthy of God who calls you to his own kingdom and his own glory. He says, this this is what we want to do is those who are discipling others, we want to be like a father is with his children. The first thing he does, he exhorts them. That means to move to action. A, A father is one who stands and says, you can do it, go for it, don't give up. We're on your team. That's what Paul's analogy is. He's saying, be like a father who does that. To encourage means to come alongside. Literally is what the, what the Greek word means. You come alongside, you give hope to. And he says, you come alongside those kids in the midst of life and everything that's happening to them. And then you implore them. That means you beg, you plead, you ask them to do it over and over again. Each one of you is a father with his own children. It's so important for us as parents to affirm our kids to be their biggest cheerleaders, their strongest supporters, to make sure that we are the ones on the sidelines cheering them on. We're the ones alongside them. We're the ones that, that allow them to stand on our shoulders. We are the ones who do these things with them. So dads, never underestimate the power of your words, your presence to your sons and your daughters, your grandkids. Never underestimate the importance of that. The greatest thing to spend on your kids it's time. I trust that you are leaving more than a portfolio filled with stocks, bonds, real estate, and investments to your kids. I pray that you are leaving a legacy of Christ-likeness. I pray that you are modeling that before them. You know, four funerals in two weeks has you thinking a lot about mortality and, and the life to come. And as I've spent time with various folks over the years, I have done over went back and looked over 200 funerals in the time we've been here. That's a lot of death, that's a lot of dying, that's a lot of hospital rooms. I've never had anybody look at me and say, you know, Pastor, I wish I'd spent more time at the office. Not one person. But I've had a lot of moms and dads say, if I could do it all over again, if I could do it all over again, this is what I'd do. Well, you can start today. Some of you need to make some shifts and some adjustments. Some of you are spot on. You are investing your lives the way you need to. You're speaking truth and affirming these kiddos. God bless you and keep doing it. But we need to be those who affirm our kids, who speak words of encouragement into their lives. There are adult adults here who've never heard a parent say, I love you. And, and, it, and it, it, it rips them to their core. And when I sit with them, they'll say, well, I know my dad loved me because he played ball with me or because he burned a living for us or provided for us speak those words into the lives of your sons and daughters speak those words even if you're older and you have adult kids speak those words of truth into their lives and let them know in fact you got kids here it would be a great time just lean over and let them know you love them you got kids with you right now it would be a great time just to do that go ahead you can do it right now I know it's not easy sometimes I mean you you get a screaming baby you have no sleep you go on vacation and it's anything but a vacation and you're thinking man it's hard to do that remember the story of five year old Johnny Uh, they brought a baby brother home from the hospital and the kid was filled with colic he cried and cried every day and finally he asked his mom where did we get this kid (laughs) mom said he came down from heaven Johnny Johnny said wow I know why they threw him out of there A brave dad verifies truth. Gary, what do you mean by that? Well, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the great Shema, Hero O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mouth. These words I'm commanding you today must be kept in mind. You must teach them to your children. You verify truth when you teach truth to your kids. You see, it's really easy to teach our kids how to hunt and fish and how to swing a golf club or a baseball bat or how to shop if you're a lady or accessorize and put makeup on or whatever else. But are you teach them the truth of who Jesus is. Are you teach them the word. Are you teaching them about the Savior? He says, speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, or when you get up. Do those things. Verify truth. Make sure that they hear truth from you. Make sure that you speak truth into their lives. Make sure that they see you in the Word. This is talking about talking about the things of God all the time. We sit around the table. You talk about more than the Cowboys or the Rangers and the Astros or the World Cup or whatever it might be. But we also talk about the things of God around our table. We also do those things. And so you're dead who verifies truth. Finally... You're a dad who exemplifies Christ-likeness. That is, you walk in the way of the Savior. Paul says, be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Every man in here should be able to look at his son, look at his daughter, and say those same things. Son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Perfect? No way. No way. But if you follow daddy, if you follow grandpa, He's going to walk the way of Christ. A brave man, a brave man just doesn't tell the way, he shows the way. He just doesn't talk about the trail, he walks the trail. There's nothing more confusing to a kid than a parent who says one thing and acts another way. When they they say, I'll be here for you when you're planning to leave for someone else, I'll always keep my word when you're sneaking around with someone else. Uh, Sure, I love the Lord, but they never see you in the Word. It's a battle to get you to go to church, meet with other men, be in a study. Lead by example. Lead by example. Because they follow you. They follow you. I I watch our grandkids. By the time they hit two, they can pick up an iPad. They can pick up an iPhone and begin to play on it. How do they know that? How do they know that? My my daughter and son-in-law, my son and daughter-in-law, they haven't sat down and said, here's a phone, let me show you how to work it. Here's an iPad. Let me show you how to work it. They have watched them do it over and over. It becomes natural. And so when they scream, you give them the electronic Ritalin, and it settles them way down. <laughs> but here's the reality: they're watching. They're watching. And they will become what you are. Let me be real practical. I admire many of you dads for balancing the time demands of a consuming profession, a marriage, ministry. I've watched you make investments in your families and you have encouraged me to be a better dad over 30 plus years. And I pray continues for you. Pray continues for you. I pray that you will continue to be that brave dad. Don't be a spiritual coward, but be a brave man of God. Because you're going to blink and they're going to be gone. You're going to live your life, and soon you're going to be gone. What kind of legacy? What kind of legacy are you leaving? Today, some of us need to call a dad and to thank him. He's not perfect, but he's tried. He's loved you, and it's a great time for you to remember him. For some of us, we need to mend a broken relationship with a dad. We have dads and our relationship with them are broken and we need to do all we can to mend that relationship. There's some men here who honor Christ with their lives. There are other men here who feel guilty because you're not doing that. <clears throat> I pray today will be a day of change for you. I, I pray your life will be different. There's some grandparents who need to get involved in the lives of your grandkids. You're busy living your own life and not willing to be involved in their lives and you're missing a great blessing. So I pray that you'll be a brave dad who walks with God and honors God with your life. Because you're going to blink. It's all going to be over.